Hi, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. This is a show where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing to help you get more leads and clients. But before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all of the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy to produce the results you want. All right, on with the show. We are here today to talk about the Social Law Firm Index, the 2017 edition, which just came out, and we have been getting all kinds of feedback, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the history of the Social Law Firm Index and the methodology that goes into it. So Guy, you know, this is my first go around for the Social Law Firm Index, and man, I've seen all of the effort and the research that goes into this thing. How did this all start? So it's, it's interesting how this all got started. It got started, and I have to give credit to a woman by the name of Daryl Drabinsky. Daryl is the head of digital marketing at White & Case, and then she later on went on to work at DLA. But while at White & Case, I was meeting with Daryl one day, and she said to me, you know, Guy, you meet with all these CMOs and all these law firms. You must have in your mind a ranking of how they all compare to one another. And I said, I actually don't, but... I think it's a good thing to create. So out of Daryl's idea, we went ahead and created the very first social law firm index back in 2014. Back then, we partnered with Above the Law, and basically, we did all the research, and then our partners at Above the Law published the report. We got a lot of attention. We did an event around it. And then this thing kind of got a life of its own. We did the AMLA 50 the first year. Then we did a UK edition of the of the Social Law Firm Index, where we ranked the top 100 UK law firms and how they perform on social media. And then for the last two years, we did the Amlock 100. And then this year, we got a ton of requests from firms right outside the Amlock 100 that they wanted to get measured because many of these 100 to 200 firms are just as active and just as creative in social media. So they wanted to get an opportunity to get reviewed and, and see how they ranked with the larger firm. So that's basically how it all came about. Yeah, and the index not only grew in terms of 50 to 100 to 200, it also grew in the types of categories that we measured, right? Because I know it started with social. It's almost like a misnomer to call it the social yeah, law firm index these days because I know we're talking about, in addition to social media, we're talking about content and thought leadership content in particular. And this year, we even added an SEO component because a lot of the firms that we've been talking to increasingly ask us about SEO strategy. Is that right? That's absolutely right. And when it comes to digital marketing, social media is just one of the channels by which your clients or your target audience can find and discover that content. Obviously, search engines also play a large role. So we decided to add that this year. And everything is really driven by content. So you can't really have a successful social media strategy or even a search engine optimization strategy 
if you don't have client-centric thought leadership content on your website. So we've been expanding little by little. We've been adding things that we think complement one another. We've also made sure to stay on top of all the changes, both within the social networks and overall digital marketing technology, because as many of you know, this world moves really, really fast. New platforms are introduced all the time new best practices are introduced. So we try to tweak the algorithm every year to reflect what we're currently seeing, not just across the legal industry, but across the digital marketing universe as a whole. Before we talk about the methodology, one of the, I would suggest anyone who's listening, take a look at Good To Be Social's blog. That's just Good To Be Social forward slash blog. We put out five posts actually on features from different law firms that one in each category. And you'll find some really great insights and some lessons that you can take from there and apply it to your own firm. So Guy, what do we say? On occasion, we've had feedback from a law firm that says, look, this is great. We did great in this category. We may have won this category. Or we're certainly in the top five. But you know, we've been really working hard in this other category. Why is that not showing up? What's behind the methodology? You're right, Tim. That's the question we get as soon as the index is released. And not just from the winners, but also from the firms that that did not perform well or didn't perform up to expectations. And the, the questions we get a lot is, you know, how is this possible? We did so much this year. How is it possible that we dropped in the rankings or that we're not as high as some other firms? But what they seem to forget is other firms are trying just as hard. So, you know, the fact that you might have dropped in the rankings doesn't necessarily mean that you did something wrong. It just means that other firms for that particular period of time actually outperformed you. And that's the other thing to remember as well is, you know, we do our research every year in the spring. We usually start around late March, early April, and we measure through basically the end of June. That's the time period that we look at. And so, that's really what comes up in the ranking. So we're not doing this as a year-long effort. We currently don't have the bandwidth to do that. So it's sort of a snapshot. And you know, I had a CMO say to me the other day, well, you know, why don't you give us a heads up that you're going to start the research so we can make sure we implement and we expand what we're doing. But that obviously wouldn't be fair. So we try to do it when we think is best and without letting people know about it. Right. And just... The difference in time between the end of June and when we released it today, that's an indication of how much work we put into this. Oh, absolutely. We really dive deep into this. We have a bunch of tools that we use to gather some data and then we analyze it. We have our own proprietary algorithm that we use to assign a ranking. Let's break it down by category a little bit. So the first one is the overall, but you know, maybe we can leave that for the last. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about The overall is the easiest. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We just add it all up. We add it all up, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about thought leadership. Sure. And certainly that relates to content that law firms are putting out. Yeah, and, and as I just mentioned before, you know, you can't have a successful social media strategy without great content. And so what we really look for in the thought leadership index is we look at a couple of things. We look at, first of all, is your firm creating client-centric, educational, engaging content? Most firms are doing that today. Not all, but most are. And they realize that it's not just talking about themselves and their lawyers and their awards, but really trying to anticipate 
what it is their target audience is interested in, what keeps them up at night, what concerns them, what issues, what problems they're dealing with, and creating a content strategy that sort of anticipates those issues and answers them in a way that really provides value to your intended target audience. So that's one thing we look at, is that type of content on your site. The second thing we look at is, is it easily found, right? A lot of times there are firms that do have that content, but they have it in a PDF, or they're sending it out in an email client alert, or it's hidden you know, deep in the site and it's not on the homepage. You know, so we look at the ease of access and how easy it is to find, how easy it is to share, right? You, you can't have thought leadership content and then not have the components to allow your target audience to easily share that content. That's what it's all about. So we look at the format, we look at the frequency, we give special points for creativity. So if you're going beyond blog posts and are using podcasts or video or infographics or things to demonstrate real thought leadership and really demonstrate a commitment to make that really great content available to all your target audience in whatever channel, in whatever format they choose to create it. So we look at that. And you know what? More is not always better. We see firms that have, you know, 15, 20 blogs, but some of them are rarely updated. Some of them are not insights at all, but just their regurgitation of the news. So it's not always that more blogs or more content, it's better. It's the right content. You sure want to have some sort of frequency to it to get people used to having content, whether it's on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis, whatever it is. But you want it to be good, quality, non-self-promotional content. And I think that's the one thing that most firms struggle with. And the firms that did really well this year sort of understood that and are really excelling at creating this type of content and making it really easily shareable and available. So I was going to ask you that. So if anyone ever listens to what Gitabee Social puts out, what Guy Alvarez talks about, what we all talk about, it's, it all starts with content. Have you seen a better adoption of client-centric content over the years doing this? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, a lot of firms were already doing it and are doing it, but they seem to think that this is only content that's reserved for their clients. So the only way they're putting this content out is through their email alerts or client alerts, which is really a shame. Not that you can't have some content that's exclusively created for clients, which is you know, value-added content, but really if you're trying to educate potential clients, even if they're your clients and you're looking at them to retain you for other practices or other services, you know, cross-selling opportunities, you want to make this content available easily you also want to make sure that it's content that's easily consumable on their website. You know, the thick content that's 3,000 words and it's full of legal jargon, um, that's not easily consumable on the internet. No one's going to spend the time reading that on a computer screen or, or let alone on a mobile device. So it's not just 
making sure that you have client-centric content, but also displaying it in a way that is easily consumable. And I think that's where firms are struggling to make that happen. Absolutely. You know, before we head into social media, one of the things that we should note is that we get this 200 firms from the AMLA 200, right? So we did have a firm contact us and say, how come I'm not on that list? <laughs> and this is um, from the AMLA 200 that's put out by the American lawyer. So we can almost lump all of the social media channels, but let's start with LinkedIn. And if there's any sort of applications that sort of go over into Facebook and Twitter, we can mention it, but start with LinkedIn about some of the things we look at. Sure. So LinkedIn, we look at the frequency of the content. Are you posting content at least once a week? We think that's at least the best practice, hopefully more than once, but at least once. Is the content client-centric content or are you just posting news and events about the firm? Which is not to say you should never do that, but the majority of the content you should post should be client-centric, educational, engaging type of content. Then specifically within best practices of LinkedIn, are you posting content with visuals? Is the quality of visuals engaging or is it just the firm logo over and over and over again? Are you curating contents? Are you posting other content from other people and providing an analysis or is it just pretty much your own content? And then we look at the numbers. You know, we look at the number of followers for a particular page. We make sure that those followers are true followers. We don't count employees of a law firm because that would be unfair. We can tell how many employees are following and we discount those and we just basically measure up the rest. Those are some of the things that go into LinkedIn. We also look as to whether or not you're making use of your showcase pages. Are you showcasing different practice areas or different groups or different industries. So we look at all of that to determine your LinkedIn ranking. So I like how you said, we also look at followers. The first thing someone says when they come to us is, how can we increase our followers? Oh, we want more followers on LinkedIn. So that's just part of the equation and not just on LinkedIn, but on Twitter and Facebook and anywhere. What you want is an engaged audience. Right. So think about that when we talk about the different platforms. What about Twitter? So for Twitter, we look at different things. Certainly, we look at the number of followers. We certainly look at the ratio of tweets to retweets or tweets to mention. We look at the ratio of tweets to likes. We look at the frequency. We look at number of followers versus the number of the companies following. What's that ratio? And then we look at things like best practices. Are you including a Twitter card or a visual? Are you tweeting your tweets more than once or just you know, using it once? Are you using different tweets every time with different hashtags to, to ensure that your tweets can be discovered? Are you curating content? Are you curating content with calls to action? Are you engaging in conversations on Twitter or is it really just a one-sided exercise? The number of retweets, are those retweets real retweets or are you enlisting a service like Lexology or JD Supra that provides these robot retweets that really don't count as an engagement? So we have the tools that enables us to look through this and see which ones are real engagement numbers as opposed to fabricated engagement numbers. And you know, we look at all of that and the quality of the content again, and we come out with a score based on that. Yeah, Twitter's one of my favorite tools, as you well know. 
And it's an opportunity to get on the radar of so many different people, including referral sources and clients and prospects. All right, so let's wrap up with, in terms of social media, with Facebook. Every time, every time I talk to a law firm about social media, Facebook is the last thing that comes up. <laughs> um, just they feel it's like personal and they want to know how to do it. What do we look at in Facebook? So, you know, Facebook is the largest social network out there. There's more people on Facebook than anywhere else. Now, the types of firms that Amlo 200 firms are, mostly corporate firms, their use of Facebook is different than a consumer-focused firm, right? A, a consumer-focused firm that is targeting consumers, Facebook is going to be their meat and potatoes network. They're going to be using it a lot to attract clients and hopefully generate some leads and new business. Corporate firms really are not going to use it for that. So best practices for using Facebook for M1200 firms is really a recruiting tool, both for kids coming out of law school as well as laterals. It's also a great tool of a PR perspective and a culture perspective to sort of demonstrate the culture of the firm, its community involvement, how it's involved in different causes or different charities or not-for-profits. And also to give people a sense of what it's, what it's like to work at the firm. Uh, so we like to see a lot of photos, a lot of visuals, videos, you know, things that sort of demonstrate what the culture of the firm is all about and you know, gives, gives us an idea of, of what it would be to work there. So I think for corporate law firms, that's really the best use of Facebook. And the ones that are most successful are, are using it that way. And they're starting to use some of the other technologies available on Facebook, like Facebook groups or live video. Facebook continues to improve its functionality. And so we're looking at those kinds of things. So for law firms that are using Facebook, you mentioned Facebook groups at the end there. Facebook groups are one of the more engaged platforms or parts of Facebook. A Facebook page, you know, you put your stuff there and it's not as engaging, but groups tend to be a lot more engaging, especially closed groups that people that you invite people to. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. We're seeing more and more groups being created and are actually pretty effective. Yeah. You put it all together and then you have the overall winner. Absolutely. If anyone wants to, is there anything else you want to add um, before I wrap up, Guy? Well, we'll just, we should talk briefly about the, the SEO ranking, which is oh, the new right. ranking we yes. came out with this year. So we didn't have the time or resources to really dig deep into SEO, you know, to do a real SEO audit of each firm would have taken us a humongous amount of time. Plus, there are things we don't have access to, like Google Search Console and, and other things that we would need to get access to. So what we did is we just basically looked at one component of SEO for each firm. And what we looked at is their off-page optimization and their domain authority. So we have three different measurements on domain authority, domain trust, and basically, we came out with a number based on that, and that's how we rank them, basically. So we're hoping to, in the future, come out with a more detailed uh, analysis of SEO. But for this year, we think it's actually a good introduction. So one of the questions, you know, just to wrap up, that we get is law firms are, who are, may not have performed that well, how can we get any better, right? And one of the things that I think that, you, that we've talked about and that we mention and that we suggest and recommend is to start off with an audit. We know that a lot of them can get a digital marketing audit, which includes SEO. Does that extend to social media and content? Yeah, absolutely. So 
we're going to be offering a free digital marketing audit to anyone in the AMLO 200. They'll be able to go to our site and click on a link and fill out a form and we'll set you up with a free audit and we'll take a look at your site, give you some analysis and some recommendations and, and you can go from there. So definitely invite anyone that's interested to at least take advantage of that offer. And you know, we're also going to be doing a series of podcasts and then a webinar over the next coming weeks with the winners for each category. So I think the best way to, for people to learn is just to hear from the people that really get it and hear some specific examples of how they're using social media to be successful. So I think over the next few weeks on this show, we'll really start to understand how these firms succeeded and, and what's driving their performance overall on social media and across the digital marketing realm. Yeah, that's, you're right. I mean, that is the best way to learn just from people who have done it and who have succeeded at it. But, you know, between Guy and I, we just love to chat all things social, all things SEO. So if you have any questions, just reach out. Guy at social, Tim at social.com. Guy, thanks for a behind-the-scenes look at the Social Law Firm Index. Thank you, Tim, and thank you to everyone. Hope you download the report, and if you have any questions, please shoot it our way. Thank you. Before you go, if you liked this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll find the show notes for this episode, along with all of the other Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes at goodtobesocial.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time.